Good morning. No, usually I say, good morning. All right, that's good. I want to see, would anybody, would anybody answer a soft good morning? I wasn't sure. Well, if you're new to Shiloh, my name is Greg Vaccaro. I'm one of the pastors here. I'd like to welcome you here. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for those of you that may be joining us today online. So here's how we'd like to connect with you. If you're new here today, after service, we'd love to see you on the first time. Um, we've got a gift for you if you want to meet us in the back corner after service. Uh, if you're online or if you're in service, we'd also love to connect with you digitally. So if you would go to shilohcommunity.church and, uh, and just look for the first time uh, tile, click that tile, give us your name and email, and we're going to get connected. We'll send you an email. You can, you can respond back. We'd love to do that so that we can get to know you. Today after service, we're, we have a, what we're calling Growth Track. It's the third class today called Growth Track Own. If you've never attended a Growth Track before, we're encouraging you. This would be wonderful to come. One of the things you may not know about Shiloh is we don't have membership here. You're like, what? No, we have ownership. So we want to explain what does that mean? What does that look like? So that's, what, that's what's going on downstairs after service. It'll be a, a little less than an hour, probably start around 11. Uh, Today, we've got a raffle going on that maybe you saw as, we, we, uh, as you came in. Um, we've got a, a youth team that's going to Guatemala. They leave tomorrow. And they're, they're uh, raffling off some gift baskets with the purpose of, of sponsoring kids in Guatemala. So the team is fully funded, but the, the teens that they're going to see in Guatemala, uh, Guatemala education is free until you get to middle school, and then you have to pay. And a lot of the teens in the poorest section, they can't afford to pay, and, and now they don't get a lunch. So now there's food instability and a lot of things, so it's very attractive for the gangs to come into these poor areas and entice the kids, come with us, we're going to give you food, and, and it's like a, it's a path, it's a fork in the road. Um, so by buying a raffle ticket, you're helping to sponsor some kids in Guatemala and give them an option that, no, I'm going to stay with the mission, I'm going to go to school, and I'm, I'm going to continue to, to serve uh, in, in what God is doing down there. So that's what the raffles are for. Kids Camp, save the date, mark your calendars. Uh, it's June 24th to 28th. So if you have never been to a kids camp before, it's off the charts. We're going to have a time. I'm looking for my clicker here, but I don't see it. Um, so I don't know if anybody sees a clicker back there. But uh, yeah, Kids Camp is, is something. Put it on your calendar. We're going to be talking more about it. We're going to give you an opportunity. <laughs> you've got the clicker. That's good. Well, this is perfect because now that you've put this on your calendar, I want Melissa to talk to you about a taste of Haiti that's coming up. I can click it for you. There we go. Um, Good morning. All right, so we're really excited because coming up on March 23rd is our third annual Taste of Haiti event. They don't know who you are. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) For those of you who don't know me, my name is Melissa St. Cyr, and I run Loganov Haiti Missions. So we are a missions organization that works with Haitians who live on the island of Loganov in Haiti. And this is our third annual... (laughs) Taste of Haiti event coming up on March 23rd, and um, we would love for you to come. Um, There are, so while you're listening to me, feel free to open up your cameras and click on the QR code. I also have these I'm going to give to you on your way out if you want to grab them, but 
This is a really great night for us to spread awareness of what we're doing in Haiti, for us to fundraise, because currently we are in a deficit with our budget. Haiti is in a really tough spot right now. And so um, with all of the inflation and problems getting from the mainland to the island, it's just been a really difficult year plus with being able to continue doing what we do. But we want to continue doing what we do in Haiti. And so we would really love it if you could come and join us, sign up. Um, it's a fun night. So food, music, testimonies, all different kinds of things you'll hear. And so we, we just want you to come and, and have fun with us. So March 23rd, mark your calendars. Don't forget to sign up. We also need volunteers. If anybody wants to volunteer, I have a volunteer sign-up sheet over here. And if anybody has an interest in being a table host, like if you're a business owner and you say, hey, we want to bring like eight, ten people from my business or, you know, people that you want to come, we also have a, a, a table host sign-up sheet for that as well. So come find me afterwards. I can answer any questions you have. And, uh, yeah, we want you to be there. March 23rd. Mark it on your calendars. Thank you. So, yes, Melissa and Linda are missionaries down in Haiti. They're home in the U.S. because of the unrest in Haiti. Um, they've got a staff there that's running the, the mission, but and their heart is to, to go back. Right now, it's, it's kind of challenging for them to go back. If you don't know Lender, um, he's the crazy dude with, with dreads. I don't see him here this morning, though, so I don't know where he's serving. But um, would you stand with me as we, we go into worship? Guatemala team, if you could make your way up front, please. I also want to talk a little bit about the offering. Uh, you know, we're, we're so appreciative of all of you that, that come and give. The, the Bible says that when we give, we're sowing seed. And this team is fully funded because a number of you have sown seed. That's, that's a blessing, right? So if, if you would like to give on your way out, there's some offering boxes. If you want to give online, uh, that's, that's a, a great way to give. Just go to Shadow Community Church. So this team... How many of you guys, it's your first time ever going on a mission trip? Raise your hand. Yeah, look at that. That's amazing. Um, praise the Lord. I remember my first mission trip. I was a lot older than all of you guys. I'm jealous. I'm jealous that you're going at such a young age. But I, I know that God has something for what you're going to do down there. There's a work that he has for each of you to do. There's a conversation you're going to have. There's a moment you're going to lock eyes with someone. You, it may just be a smile. It may be a, a hand on a shoulder. I don't know what it's going to be. I know you're teaching lessons. I know you're doing a lot of things. But like, look for what God is doing and come alongside it. So would you stretch out your hands and let's pray for this team. Father God, I thank you for each one. Lord Jesus, I, I pray for, for Kevin and Bethany as they lead this, this team. Lord, I, I pray for each one. Lord God, it's, it's not a work that we do. It's a work that we join because it's your work that we're joining, Lord. So I pray for each one. They get a vision of what it is you're calling them to. Lord, I pray they step into an anointing. God, I pray for a boldness that is not themselves, Lord. It's your spirit, God. Lord, your spirit working in power, working through them. Uh, and Lord, I pray for a blessing on the kids in Guatemala, blessing on the families they're going to meet, the homes they're going to be in, the lessons they're going to teach, God. Lord, I pray a safety over them. Lord, they're coming, they're going. All the things that they have to do, watch over them. We're asking these things in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, come down. We're praying for an open heaven wherever they go. Let it be like there's sun shining down on them. God, there's an open heaven wherever they are that your spirit fall and your spirit move. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
Amen. All right, Shiloh. You ready to worship? Yeah, come on. Give Jesus praise. So, hey, this is going to be an interesting service this morning. You may not hear a sermon as you may be prepared to, but you're going to hear some incredible testimonies, and we're going to worship a bit more. Is that okay with you guys? You guys like to worship Jesus? Listen, I want to encourage you. There's times when we worship that your heart wants to do more than your body does. What do I mean by that? Sometimes you want to clap, but you're like, ah, I, don't, I don't want to clap. What is everyone going to think of me, that my neighbor's watching me? I don't even know his name. Can we just disappear in the room and just fix our eyes on Jesus this morning? I got some people smiling at me. No, you don't have to dance unless you want to. But I just want to encourage you, there's freedom in the room. We're going to go into a song here called Freedom. And Father, we thank you that we are free to worship you. We're free to worship you in spirit and in truth. And Lord, we want to celebrate you today. We want to celebrate what you have done in our lives. You're going to hear what God has done in some people's lives, but what has God done in your life? Let's celebrate that today, amen? Father, we bless you, we thank you in Jesus' name.
I just want to thank for a minute every chain being broken through Jesus. Do we understand the weight of what's being said there? You know, chains have a lot of different facets. They look different for different people. It could be addiction. It could be depression. It could be anxiety. It could be hopelessness. But the Lord says every chain is broken through the blood of the Lamb. That is what we're celebrating this morning. There is freedom. Father, we thank you that the Spirit of the Lord brings freedom. That the blood of Jesus washes away our sin. And the power of sin and death no longer has a hold on us.
singing about the angels cry holy I want to just for for a minute just picture heaven picture the angels crying holy right this is what Hebrews 12 says it says therefore since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith where are those where are those witnesses they're in heaven now I don't know the theology are they looking down on us? But at least in this moment, it says they're, they're, they're a cloud of witnesses, and they're witnessing to the life of faith that we're living. And because of that cloud of witnesses, it says, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus the champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him. He endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he's seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. So, Father, I thank you, Lord, as the angels cry holy. Lord, your word tells us there's, there's a cloud of witnesses, Lord. They're watching. They're watching us, Lord. And because that cloud has gone before us, Lord, because they're watching us, Lord, that gives us the motivation to strip off every weight, God. Lord, I pray for the weights of the sin, Lord, that the, the, the sin that easily trips us up, Lord, we, we lay it down, God, because we're looking at the treasure in the field, Jesus. We want to let everything go. We want to give all that we have, Lord, for that treasure. And Lord, today, let us keep our eyes on you, Jesus, the champion that initiates and perfects our faith. Lord, there's some here today, perhaps they don't have faith. Lord, you want to initiate something. 
God, there's those of us that have faith, Lord, you want to perfect it today. So God, I'm asking by the power of your Holy Spirit, God, this be a time as we enter a time of testimony. Lord, your word says that we overcame the evil one by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So God, we offer this testimony up to you. Lord, even as the cloud of witnesses has been watching, they saw this going on. Lord, we're testifying to who you are today. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Billy Hamill, will you make your way up here? So if if you joined us a little bit late and you missed the introduction, this is a praise and testimony Sunday, all right? And now Billy's going to speak and give a testimony of what God has done in her life. I want you to see Jesus. I want you to see the power of God. But as you're listening to what God has done in Billy's life, I want you to gain hope. I want you to gain, gain a perspective of if God can do it for her, she can do it for you. Amen. Good morning, Shiloh. So as I was praying about this testimony, God really said, just start at the beginning. And the beginning is, I knew God from a very young age. At eight years old, I went into a church service, and I saw people being baptized, and I had no idea what that was or what they were doing, but I know I wanted it. So after service, the pastor came over and kneeled down and said, do you want to accept Jesus into your heart? And I said, yes. And I just remember tears like streaming down my face. And from that moment on, I, I had the Lord with me. Um, growing up, I didn't follow the Lord. I didn't know the Lord. So by my, my 20s, by the time I had graduated college, started a business, built a house, I really wasn't walking with the Lord. And I started to seek out worldly, worldly explanations for my identity. And I came up with that I was an empath. I came up with weird personality types, like I'm an INFJ trying to explain who I was. At one point, I began to read tarot cards, and I got pretty good at it. And that is what I found my identity in. And that opened up a door. That opened up a door for sin to come crawling in, because during this time of college and and, and owning a home, I was dealing with a health issue that after eight years and three surgeries, I was in pain every day, and I finally said, okay, I'll take pain medication. And within six months, I was addicted. Within another six months... I had pushed everybody away from me because I couldn't let anybody see that I had fallen from such a standard, that I had actually fallen into addiction because I really looked down on people like that. I'm in my house one day, and I'm just crying, and I say, Lord, I don't know what to do. And I fall to my knees, and he says, tell your parents. And I said, no. And he said, tell your parents. So I did. I did. I was 28 years old, and I had to go to my parents and say, I'm addicted to painkillers, and and I can't get a hold of it. Within a few months, I had gotten down to Florida and did a rapid detox. That was a fairly invasive, not invasive, um, new procedure back in 2008, 2009. And I thought, coming back to New Hampshire after that, that I had my life back. I I had overcome this, and thank you, Jesus, I have my life back. But that wasn't the case. That wasn't the case at all. Shame followed me. Guilt followed me. I had hated myself for falling into that addiction. I had family members that didn't trust me anymore. There was a lot of gossiping. There was a lot of rumors, and it hurt my heart so bad because I didn't understand how people could talk behind your back like that. I thought, Lord, I would never, I would never do that. A year later, I had a son. In 2010, I had Jacob. And then shame and guilt kind of 
fell to the wayside because I'm busy being a single mom. But it never goes away. And you actually start to see things through a lens of being attacked all the time. So in 2018, I, I left. I packed up my car with Jake in it, and I moved to New Jersey to live with a friend. I, I told maybe three people. And things were good for a while. Things were always good for a while. And then COVID hit. And I was without a job, so I felt like I had no purpose. My son was home with me. And again, that shame and that guilt and that hole in my heart of most people would love to be home with their child right now and, and have a safe home to be at. And I, I wasn't happy. I had no joy. I hated every day of it. So I began to fill that hole with the only thing I knew that would take the pain away, and that was drugs. That was drugs. Um, and I hid it for, for quite a long time until my body started to, to give out, and I ended up in the hospital in Christmas 2020. And during that time, there was no one to watch my son, so he had to go stay with family two states away. And when I got out of the hospital, I thought, I'm done. He can stay with them. I can't do this anymore. I don't, I, I've tried. I've tried for 10 years to do this, and I can't do this anymore. And the Lord said to me, no, you're not going to do the same thing to your son that your mother did to you. See, my mother had walked out on me when life got too hard. So two months later, I hadn't seen my son. I walked into a long-term rehabilitation program in Manchester called New Life. My son was there with me that day. I went through the, the, process, the process of intake, and when I was finally alone, I threw my hands up and I said, okay, I surrender. I surrender. And from that moment on, the guilt and the shame was gone immediately. The addiction, the addiction was almost like he had, you know, the door to a cell was open, but your body is still fighting. So that took a little bit longer but I was freed from that as well. And the next thing he did for me is he just, I remember these waves of mercy and then grace coming over me. And there was so much love. In a few weeks of feeling that, I knew what I had to do. I had to forgive my mother, even though I thought I had done it. After that, he didn't leave me there. A few months later, he showed me that that pain of everybody gossiping about me and talking behind my back, I was actually doing the same thing. I just wasn't saying it out loud because what I thought in my heart and what I thought in my head was actually poisoning me. So in my room one night, just crying, and I'm asking God, why? Why would you show me this? Why would you show me this? It hurts so bad to realize that this is what was happening and this is what was poisoning me. So I went to bed that night, and the next morning, a staff member in this program came upstairs and poked her head in and said, Billy, come here. The Lord told me to come get you. And for the next nine months, we got up an hour early, earlier than anyone else to pray. And we would just seek the Lord, and not just about ourselves. We would seek the Lord on any matter that came to our heart. I graduated that program uh, 14 months in. I had a job working here. Since then, I have moved on to having an apartment. I have my son with me. I have stability in my life, which is so far from what addiction is, that uh, it is only the Lord 
And as I was praying about this, because I've never thought my story was that special, really, because there was still that guilt and shame, just, just a sliver of it. But he said, Billy, what does testimony mean? And I looked it up, and it means, Lord, do it again. Lord, do it again in the same power, in the same authority that you did it for me. So if you're dealing with shame, if you are dealing with guilt, if you are dealing with addiction, if you are in need of restoration in your families or, or in your lives in any way, the Lord did that for me. And since my yes, my son has been saved. My son was baptized. Yeah. And as we follow the Lord, you know, he does give you the desires of your heart. And one of the, my desires was to go back to school. I just finished my master's last Sunday. And because it's the Lord, I finished debt-free. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, I just encourage you, the same God that when I put my hands up and said, yes, I surrender, Lord, is the same God that is with us all today. And if he can do this for me and my son, he can do this for anybody in this room. Come on, let's give God glory. All right, church, the only thing that's responsible, the only reasonable response to that is to celebrate and give the Lord glory. Can we just stand for a moment? We're going to hear another testimony, but I didn't know what Billy was going to share. The Lord knew. We as a team, as we put this set together, we didn't plan to do do it again after her testimony. That was God's plan. But we're going to declare that right now, and I want to encourage you. I'm going to try not to lose my mind and cry right now. Some of you heard something in her story that you're dealing with right now. Holy Spirit can do an amazing work in your heart in a moment and begin a process that you thought would never happen. As we respond and as we declare, if you need the Lord to touch you, I want to encourage you. The altar is open. The prayer team, just be available. If you want prayer, just stand over to the side. If you want to spend time with the Lord, just kneel or sit in your seat. But we're going to declare what the Lord has done in Billy's life. He can do again in yours. Amen.
Jessica Aquino, 
I'm going to share a little bit about my health journey. There's so much that God has done in my life, so much to say, but I'm just going to talk a little bit about that. When I was 17 years old, I was the ninth person in the United States to be diagnosed with the, with the kind of cancer that I had at the time. And um, the surgeons did not know what to do, and so they said, hey, we can, we can cut a hole here in your throat, but you'll lose your voice indefinitely or we can do uh, exploratory surgery. And um, the exploratory surgery was um, a success. Um, but after the surgery, I was given a lifetime of radiation to my chest, which is why at the age of 40, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And after looking closely at my history, they decided um, to try to treat the cancer aggressively. And to monitor me. But they never said that I was free from cancer. At the age of 45, I was uh, diagnosed with cancer again. This time I went for a second opinion. And um, I remember after the appointment, my husband and I were very quiet. Because they said, you know, we don't know, we don't know what to tell you. We don't know what to do. Um, but, you know, you can either, you know, come back and we'll try the best that we can. But we're not sure what the success will be. The next day after my husband went to work, I remember doing my chores and separating my clothes to do laundry, and I, and I asked the Lord, I said, God, am I going to die? If I'm going to die, could you just tell me? I want to prepare my family. I want to prepare my husband. I want to prepare my kids. Can you just tell me, God? And I, I, I was sobbing, crying my eyes out, just asking him. Because this is, this is a lot for a body. And so in that moment, I got a phone call from a pastor in New York. And she said, Jess, I'm at a woman's conference and I'm about to speak. I've never done this before, but I need to call you. I needed to call you to tell you that the Lord wants you to know that you're not going to die. She said, call this hospital and go there because that's where he's going to take care of you. And so I did. I, I went to this hospital and they treated me well, and um, there was a lot of traveling. I had to travel to another state. I lost all of my hair, right? When you, when you go through treatment to that extent, there's a lot of pain, not only in your body, but pain for your caregivers. I have my family here, and I'm so thankful to the Lord for them. Guys, you don't have to stand, but can you raise your hand? Because these are the, these are the folks that surrounded me and prayed and believed God, um, you know, in the, in the face of, of you know, not knowing. Um, and so, but God once again proved himself greater than any expected prognosis. So in May of 2021, I got COVID. And after being seen by the doctor, he recommended that I go home and fight it. Now I'm a three-time cancer survivor. When all of this happened, there was so much uncertainty, right, about people who had COVID battling cancer. In any case, a few days later, <clears throat> I began to actually hear the electrical uh, brain activity in my ear. I could hear my brain moving. Um, I started to experience um, out-of-body experiences. I was seeing myself laying on the bed, and, and I, I, I thought for sure I'm dead because you don't just experience that. Um, and so I decided to call my sister at the time. And I asked her to take me to the hospital because my entire family had COVID. And um, when she dropped me off, we both locked eyes. She had her mask on. I had my mask on. And the Holy Spirit said, 
this will be the last time that you see her. Now, I want you to hear something. There's a difference between when the enemy is speaking to you, you know. But you know when God is speaking to you. I had peace, but I thought, okay, I'm going to enter into this hospital and I'm not going to see my family again. And so once the doctors brought me in, they took my vitals, uh, they, they put me into a uh, separate room, a private room, and the doctor began to pray on the loudspeaker, which I thought was so incredible. He started to pray for the, for the patients there. And um, a f- he, after they examined me, they said, hey, uh, Miss Aquino, they were very sad, tears in their eyes. And they said, Miss Aquino, we just, you know, we want you to know that you should probably call your husband and your family and let them know that you're not going to make it out. Um, you've been here for uh, a few hours and we see that the COVID is so progressive that even the treatment that usually would help someone is not going to help you. And so I thought, I'm not going to call my family and tell them that, but I will start asking people to pray for me. And I did. I, I, I couldn't talk, but I, I text this church. I text the church, uh, churches in New York. I text different people and I asked them to pray. And um, I remember um, Kathy Saller, uh, she works here. I text her specifically every day and all day long because my brain was not operating properly and I couldn't make decisions. So anything they asked me to do, I would take a picture and send it to her and ask her, what should I do? And she'd say, okay, let me get back to you. Let me pray. So one night, as everyone is praying for me, um, they had already asked if they can intubate me. And I said, no, I'm I'm not going to do that. So they put this mask on my face and it was blowing a a, a strong pressured air into into my lungs. And I remember at the time I had um, my phone and I had a song, Gyra, that played over and over again. I would tell the doctors, just can you just make sure that it's plugged in? And I'm laying in the bed and, and I'm at, with this forced air and experiencing these things. And all of a sudden, I started to hear the prayers of the people. I started to hear people praying in my room. Um, it sounded like an army of people praying and I heard my name. I heard people crying, crying out to God. And I I realized that I didn't have to say a word because everyone else was carrying me through this process. I was so weak, right? And sometimes in our lives, we're going through things. You don't have to be in a hospital, but you could be sick in your soul and your spirit. Right, And you could feel so weak that you don't know what to do. I understood in that moment that despite my reality, despite what was going on. You see, when you, when you, when you understand who God is and who you have access to and who has access to you, you realize there is a cognitive dissonance that dispels and disarms the current state of affairs because God is in the room. Because when God is in the room, guess what? Everything must change. You don't have to do a thing. Everything must change when he's in the room. I couldn't lift a finger, but he was in the room. 
And the doctors had already said, hey, call your family and let them know that you're not going to make it. But, but God wanted to remind me that because I have access to him, I win and I live because he says I live, right? So I understood despite my reality, despite the gene mutation, despite the inheritance of illness, despite my family history, I have access to the blood of the lamb that not only cleans, but heals again and again and again and again. When God is in the room, there's a supernatural shift. And this is where I I say, you know, I've always been told, you're a complicated case. I mean, my husband is not going to, he's shy. He won't say anything, but yeah. I've been told, you're a complicated case, Ms. Aquino. You're complicated. You had this cancer. You know, you were the ninth person. We didn't know what to do. Now you have COVID and you have cancer here and you have cancer there. And so I, I want to I wanna say this, and I want to encourage you with this. And I pray that you hear this with your spirit and not your flesh. Hear it with your spirit. Your flesh is going to tell you, it's okay. You could stay in the condition that you're in. It's okay. Um, you know, tomorrow's another day. This is just a, uh, you know, a, 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 a feeling in the moment. But, but I want you to hear this with your spirit. In my relationship with God, what I've learned is to be intentional about, being, about staying focused on him. I'm going to tell you three ways. One, posture. Your posture affects your posture, your posture is all about, God, what am I going to do next in this moment? Posture is affected by your response to God. Your response matters. So, what does that mean? That means, God, I surrender. Ooh. God, I surrender. I surrender. I lay my life down to you. I give myself to you. I trust you. I've trusted everything else and everybody else, and they failed me again and again. But when I trust you, God, I trust you. I fall at your feet. I recognize your sovereignty. Your posture will dictate your response to God. I could have been bitter after three times battling cancer. Come on. Come on. Can I get somebody to say yes? I could have been bitter. Huh? But no, my posture was, God, I, I, I know that you can do it again and again and again. Right? Do it again, God. Do it again. Second thing, pray. Prayer will influence and ignite your faith. You'll find yourself praying for things that seem impossible. When your posture before the Lord is God... I, don't, I can't do anything, but I'm going to give myself to you. And in that position, you pray and you start to begin to ask God, God, I need you. I don't know what to do, God. I could have, I could have called my family and, and caused them to be fearful that day. But I felt like, no, I, I, I just, I'm just going to trust God. I'm not going to tell my family this news. The third thing is praise Hallelujah. Praise him because he's worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be praised. Praise him in the midst of the battle. Praise him no matter what you're going through. No matter what you're facing. facing, Praise him first. Praise him first. Praise, posture, prayer, and praise. In 2 Chronicles 20, 20 to 22, it says, Early in the morning they left for the desert 
of Decoa. As they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and, listened, and said, Listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets and you will be successful. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing and praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out and headed for the army saying give thanks to the lord for his lord his his love endures forever and as this is the, my favorite part as they began to sing and praise the lord set ambushes against the men of ammon and moab and mount seir who were invading judah and they were defeated they were defeated I couldn't sing when I had COVID, but I had um, my phone plugged in, and I listened to this song. It's called Jaira. Jaira, you are enough, and I will be content in every circumstance. Jaira, you are enough. And what I want to leave you with is this. If I had not understood the access I had to God, I, I probably would have died of fear. When you understand who you have access to and who has access to you. You see what I'm saying, right? It's a mutual relationship. There are times that God is saying, hey, I want you to get up from where you are. And I want you to come here to me because I'm going to heal you. And we're like, no, 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 God, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I'm afraid to let those things go. I'm afraid of, of letting that person go. I'm afraid of moving in this, in this space. But God is saying, you have access to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. The one that's all, able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you could ever ask or think. He will open the right doors and close every wrong door. If you understand the access that you have in God. And so I want to say this to you guys. In the end, you know what I said? I had God. I praised. I prayed. And I said, wow, God, if you took me today, I will win. And if you give me the opportunity to stay, I win. But you can only get that when you are in the presence of the supernatural, almighty, faithful, mighty, loving, healing, amazing, incredible God. Amen. Thank you, Shiloh. All right, church, let's stand. We're going to celebrate one more song here. Let's give God praise. In every circumstance, you are Jaira. You are enough. Jaira, you are enough. Jaira, you are enough. I will be content in every circumstance.
close our eyes for a minute. I just feel in God, each of us needs to take a moment and kind of make the space around you an altar to God. So just close your eyes. It's just you and God. You know, I want to think about what we heard today, right? Billy talked about how she, she came to know Jesus, but you know what? The seed got stolen away. And then she searched and she searched and she searched, right? It, It was a lot of things she was looking for, but the only... It was only freedom in Jesus. That's what set her free. And Jess talked a lot about, okay, getting cancer once, getting cancer twice, getting cancer three times. Like, wow. What does it feel like to get cancer a second time? I don't know. What does it feel like to get cancer a third time? I don't know. But God healed her and then to get COVID. But here's something I heard. I I heard this theme of, When you come to Jesus, when Jesus is in the room, he does something amazing. When he's in your heart, when you've given your life to him, there's an access that we have. And I I just feel I got to call the question. And the question is this, do you know this Jesus personally? See, I grew up thinking if I go to church, that's how I know Jesus. Going to church isn't knowing Jesus. Going to church is just being with a group of people that, that love Jesus. No, how you initiate, how you start this access to Jesus is Jesus gave his life for you and we give our life back to him. Right? I like to use this example. If you're married, how do you know you're married? It's because you had a wedding day. What did you do on that wedding day? You gave your life to another person and they gave their life to you. That's what Jesus did for us. He gave his life to us. And some of us, we've never had that wedding day. We've never had that initiation of faith where we said, God, I'm going to give you my life. So in this private moment, as we're, making, as we're making this space around us, just an altar to God, if you have never given your life to Jesus, or, or maybe you've given your life to Jesus, but you're like, Billy, you walked away. Would you raise your hand for a minute? Would you just raise your hand if that's you? Okay, I see some hands. Anyone else? I see some hands. You know what? I'm, I'm asking... I know, I know in New England we're private people, but we're all standing, every eye is closed. If you raised your hand, would you come to the sides of the altar here? Prayer team, would you come? I, I saw your hands, God saw your hand, but you know what? He needs us to take a step of faith sometimes. And, and please, if you would come to the sides of the altars. Thank you. Prayer team, come here. Anyone else who raised their hand, come forward. Yeah, it's okay. Just come forward. God, God sees you. Amen. We want to come back to Jesus. You know, so with every, with every eye closed, I still want to ask another access question. If, if you have something in your heart, maybe, maybe it's, a, it's a battle with health. Maybe it's a, it's a battle for mental health. Maybe it's, it's something that, that you need to get a hold of God. And you know, God, I can only, I can only gain freedom in you. 
I'm asking for you to come to the altar as well. Again, just mentioned posture. I think there's something special. That's why I'm asking you to come to the altar because it's your way of saying, God, I'm going to posture myself to see you move in my life. So if you need a miracle in your life or you've been dealing with something, you're not gaining freedom, this is a time, this is an hour. Don't miss it. Come to the altar and ask God to work freedom in your life, to work, to, to work as only he can work. All right, come on, come on. It's still time. God wants to bring healing. He wants to bring forgiveness. He wants to bring restoration in our lives. So God, we posture ourselves before you. Would you pray with me today? Dear Jesus, go ahead, repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I give my life to you. Thank you, Jesus. You gave your life for me, and I give my life back to you. God, I want that wedding day with you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, as as I'm one with you, I have access to you, Jesus. And God, I'm asking you to bring freedom in my life, bring restoration in my life, bring wholeness. Thank you, Lord Jesus. God, it's a work you do. We can't do it, but it's a work you do, Lord Jesus. So God, I I thank you, Lord, for each one that's here today. God, those that have responded, maybe those, if you're still in your seats, you haven't missed it, come down after service. We want to pray with you. We want each person that that wants to know Jesus, that wants freedom in Jesus, this is a day. This is an hour. Today, if your heart and not your heart, today could be the day of your salvation. That's the the word of the Lord today. So God, I, I thank you for each one here, Lord. I pray a blessing over your people, Lord. Press down, shaken together, running over, Jesus. We give you praise for these testimonies testimonies. And God, Lord, we believe that you can do it again. Lord, that you can do it in our lives and in our hearts, God, because we're putting you first. We're keeping our eyes on you, Jesus. So I thank you for all these things, Lord. We pray in your precious and holy name. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Have a great Sunday. Thank you.